words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Yes, Father. Give us the grace, Lord, to be able to translate the feelings of our hearts, the emotions that we go through, whether it be pain or joy or disappointment or shame, whatever it may be, even if it be happiness, oh God, whatever we feel, Lord, give us the grace to be able to pass it through the funnel of your will and let it come out on the other side of our lips as praise. Help us, O oh God, to be able to scan the experiences of our lives, O oh God, just using the scan, O oh God, of your will, your desire, your eternal plan for us, so that at the end of the day, what comes out on the other side of our lips would be your praise. Give us the grace, O oh God, not to be hypocrites when we lift up our voices and say, Lord, I give you my heart. Help us to truly give you our hearts. In the process of singing our praises to you, let it not be beautiful words and melodies and rhymes, God, but let it be songs of sacrifice. Let it be praises of sacrifice. In the midst of our singing, let our hearts die to self. In the midst of our praises, O oh God, let the fire of your spirit burn upon the altar of our hearts. In the midst of singing, O oh God, let something inside of us be converted, O oh God, from flesh to spirit. May your true praises be on our lips. May the true worship and adoration of you be what comes out of our lips. Make us a people of spirit and truth a people of spirit and truth in the mighty name of Jesus Amen I really love today's um, <clears throat> topic of growth you know because it's something that God is constantly um, calling every believer into and if you're truly born again this is one testimony you must always have that you're growing a true believer is constantly growing there is no believer that should be stagnant if you're truly born again there must always be the talking of God against your heart constantly pushing you to deeper waters constantly pushing you to higher places constantly calling you into realms and places that you've never been before if you're truly born again growth should be normal to you and i'm not talking about the growth in being known by people i'm not talking talking about the growth of moving from being an usher to becoming a pastor I'm not talking about that because that can be faked. That is a lot of times pretentious. We live up our best attitudes when we are in church, in the midst of the saints. But when we are outside the four walls of religion, we become somebody else. And sometimes we've even mastered the act of, you know, keeping the character even outside of church. But in our heart, there is no conversion going on. 
I'm not talking about that growth. I'm talking about that which is real, that which is tangible in the realm of the spirit. And I believe that, you know, Jesus, who is our target, who is really the one that everyone is growing into becoming. I believe that in the time when he was in the flesh, Christ never stopped growing. Jesus constantly grew. The Bible records that the child grew and he waxed strong. We should grow. Jesus grew. And, you know, every time you see him in scriptures, there were different times when um, different oppositions came his way, different things rose up against him, even to his temptation in the, in the wilderness. We see his responses. And every time Christ crossed the boundary of some kind of temptation, we saw that he, it was almost like his crossing the boundary gave him a legal right to be able to exercise his power on the earth. And so growth, as painful as it may be sometimes, has actually been set up by God to give us higher authority. Because as you grow in your obedience to the Lord, you actually grow in your authority with the Lord. And that is why God is always putting us in positions like that. Even when he was in Gethsemane, it was another opportunity for him to grow because he had a choice. And you see, the thing about growth is there is always a choice with spiritual growth. Unlike physical growth, whether you like it or not, you are going to grow and you are going to die one day if it doesn't happen by some kind of um, accident or whatever. Everyone must die. But the thing about spiritual growth and the thing about physical growth is that you grow and you get weaker but spiritual growth you grow and you get stronger with physical growth as you grow older you get to your end but with spiritual growth as you grow older it's almost like you are getting to your beginning which is God and so Jesus in Gethsemane there he was he had a choice he could have you know just said okay you know what I'm going to die I'm going to die anyway you know you know, we're just going to deal with this somehow, guys. Let's just go clubbing. You know, can we just at least go and insult the high priest at the synagogue before I die? You know, let me just make an impact before I die. You know, do something that I really want to do, you know, which is what the world teaches us today. And so you see even believers, when they get into a tight position, their um, way out is to do all kinds of crazy things that please their flesh. And make them feel you're still normal, you're okay. As opposed to taking the hard road of processing it in the spirit. So it doesn't matter how many temptations or troubles you've been through. In fact, your number of troubles is not the proof of your growth. Because you could have been through many troubles but never came out of it with the Lord. Never came out of it with the experiences that the Holy Spirit intended for you to have. But the choice you make in the midst of your trial is what determines if you come out on the other side a stronger and a better person by the standards of heaven. So Jesus could have said, I'm about to die. You know what? I could as well go and sleep with somebody before I die. What is this life all about? After all, dying, I die. Whether I'm cross or whether I'm for road, I go still die. Which is what most of us do. We get to that point where we feel, you know, I have reached the edge of myself. I could as well just sleep with him. After all, we're going to get married someday. But every time our flesh and our body
days and our minds are pushed to a corner, it's an opportunity for us to explode into a new level of grace. And so what did Jesus do? Instead, he took all that confusion and all that intimidation and all that oppression and everything and he packed it into this powerful ball of prayer and he began to push and say, Father, it is so painful. As a matter of fact, I don't even want to talk to you because I'm in this because of you. But you know what? I am exercising my choice to remain under the mighty hand of God. I am exercising my choice to remain your son and to push through with you because it is not about me coming on the other side a Messiah. It is about me coming on out on the other side a Messiah that has been given by God. People must be able to see you father in the glory of my life. Without you, my glory is nothing. And so in that instance, Christ had a choice the same way we have choices every day. You have the choice to determine if you just want to win, if you just want to be successful, if you just want to survive, if you just want to have a good marriage, or if you want to have a good marriage that glorifies God. Or if you want to become a good wife that people will look at and say she's a good wife by the grace of God. It's always a choice what you want the outcome of your growth to be. Who you want the glory of your growth to go, go to. There's always a choice. But every time you choose that you should go to the Lord, believe me, it's never easy. Because growth is a stretching. Growth is an expanding. Growth is a breaking of what exists so that what should be can come. Growth is a change from old wineskin to new wineskin. Either way, it is never easy. Growth is a pouring of that which is higher into that which is lower. And so it's a challenge of paradigms. It's a challenge of comfort zones. It's a challenge of what we are used to and, you know, the medical standards of life. But you see, it takes a courageous man to grow. It takes a man of courage to grow. When I see believers who have a story, not of how many times they have been beaten by the devil, not of how many times, you know, they have been harassed and people have spoken against them, no. But you see, when if I hear that story and out of that story, I hear on the other side the nature of Christ. And the person is able to say, you know, this was what was done to me. However, I have come to realize that, you know, loving God's people is greater than any other kind of animosity I may have. On the other side, I have come to realize that irrespective of what this man does, he is still my husband and still my Lord. And it is not my place to bring judgment against him. I have come to realize when on the other side of that story is God and Christ and his nature glorified, then I know that's a courageous man because it could never have been easy. Never. You know, someone called me a couple of days ago, um, a minister, and the person was talking about something that another um, person had done. And she said, can you imagine that? And, you know, and my first instance, I was like, oh my God, why would, why would somebody do that, you know? And she said, you know, I'm just going to send her a message. Yeah, what should I say? What should I say? And I was about to help her construct, you know, this technically, you know, tight message where, 
if the person were to read it, they can't really say you are faulty, you know, but at the same time, they know you are hitting them with some major insults, but you did not insult them. I don't know if you know that kind of message. Thank you very much. You know, <laughs> and I was about to help her construct that Navy SEAL kind of message. Yeah. And immediately I told her, I said, you know what, don't do it. I said, don't do it. She's like, I said, don't do it. I said, you know why you shouldn't do it? I said, because number one, you are not even sure what the intentions of her heart were. It could have been a sincere mistake. I said, number two, even if the intention of her heart was to rubbish you or to take glory for herself. I said, so what? So what? Doesn't really matter. Doesn't change who you are. Really. I said, what are you fighting for, Glory? You are fighting for a name. You, are, you, you have to let the person know that it's mine. I said, nothing in this kingdom is any pertained by anybody. It belongs to nobody. Even the name of Jesus is for everyone. I said, you can't claim nothing. I said, let it go. And she was like, no, but Pierre, you know, sometimes people have to tell, why does it have to be you to say it? I said, learn to play the role. And I told her, I said, if you play the role of a fool in this one, I said, believe me, something would have grown inside of you. I said, you will see God give you the grace to be able to accommodate people even when you know their weaknesses. I said, if you are the kind of believer that accommodates based on only strengths, you have a problem. You will never grow. I said, it's okay. Allow yourself feel the pain. Allow yourself be broken by this thing. I said you would have expanded and you will see grace will fall on you. And I told her, I said, you see, this same person will bless you in a way that they'll be confused how they are working for your good. You know, there are some spiritual laws and principles that put others over others, but many people don't know. Love is a weapon of war. You may think love is a mushy, mushy instrument, a mushy, mushy thing, but the moment you exercise yourself in love, you are doing something so powerful. It's major warfare going on. In the physical, you still look like the same stupid idiot, but in the spirit, something has increased. And when you say, Father, you'll be shocked how the heavens will open to you very easily. So what the devil is constantly trying to do is to pull our eyes so that we see from the level of the world and you think this is where your warfare is and you think this is where your authority is this is where your power is I must, they must, eh, respect me Are you this flesh? What's the use of being honored by people in the flesh but you have no power in the spirit? What's the use of being, you know, reverenced and feared by people in the flesh but when you call on the heavens no one answers? That's useless. But you see, the ability to sometimes put this one aside and face this one is hard and is growth. And that's what God is calling us onto. Let's look at Psalm 92, verse 12 to 14. It's as if there's no Psalm in my Bible again. Okay. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. 
they shall bring forth fruit in old age they shall be fat and flourishing to show that the lord is upright he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him it says that the righteous they will flourish like the palm tree and they will grow like a cedar in lebanon that means the nature of the righteous is to grow it says even when they are in old age they will be growing because even in old age they will keep bearing fruit don't tell me about how many years you've been born again if i don't see the fruit of it in your life don't tell me how many years you've been preaching and you know god if you are still struggling with the things that people who just came into the faith are still struggling with because the proof of your righteousness is your growth the proof of the fact that you have come into the kingdom is that you constantly allow yourself to be transformed it says when you do this what you are doing is that you are showing that god is upright and you are showing that he is the one that is your foundation so many times we don't know that when we toss aside the opportunities to leap and to grow into higher places in god what we are doing is that we are showing the people that it is not the lord we trust in we are showing them that God is not the one that is the foundation of our lives. So many times when we allow ourselves to go through processes, what people see is just the beauty of Jehovah. So to yourself, you may think, I'm so weak. You know, why didn't I fight for myself? Why didn't I? You know, this morning as I was praying about this, the Lord had to make me repent about something. And, you know, someone had just given this awful picture of a situation that happened in all simplicity of my mind like i had no thought of anything you know and and then when I, I was like what and i had to say you know that's not what happened i had to explain to the other party that you know that's not what happened i wasn't even this morning as i was praying the lord said to me see you have to repaint i was like why he said because you defended yourself at the expense of someone else's honor i was like uh they dishonored me you know lord is like you didn't hear the story from the beginning <laughs> you know so it's not like i didn't go out to say see his head see jonathan i didn't do that the person said and i had to say oh no that wasn't ha what happened this he was like it doesn't matter he said because the choices you make to honor people has nothing to do with their actions but who you are he said so irrespective of the reason why you had no right to as a believer and now wow this kingdom hard you know and I repented I said father I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I am so sorry forgive me forgive me you see my heart you know I, I, I would never have you know but I'm so sorry you know I should have allowed you defend me Lord I should have allowed you I, I should have just you know kept my mouth shut and he said yeah that's what you should have done and he began to show me what would have been added to me if I said nothing. And so if after that I walk into a room and people feel the glory of God, it's not because I'm wearing red bubble. It's because I'm a dead man walking. And so the only life that can then come out is the life of Christ. A believer, a righteous man, must walk every day with the consciousness of growing it is who we are first corinthians 13. holy spirit of god 
1 Corinthians 13, 10 to 12, it says, But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is and part shall be done away with. He said, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. I even thought like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things for now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face now i know in part but then i shall know even also as i am known now listen to me he said but when i became a man i made a choice that means you can become a man and still journey into manhood with childish things you can become a man and still have a lot of things that belong to children in your life it's a choice. He says, when I became a man, I made the choice to put away childish things. I see a lot of believers who still hold on to childish things and they defend them with their manhood. Because you have now become a man, nobody can argue with you, Fred. Everybody is afraid of your chest. So nobody will tell you you've got issues even though you are holding on to childish things when somebody who has courage finally tells you you are being childish you will bring chest out and we are bound to believe it because you have chest and so we end up bringing ourselves into the bondage of deception by using that which should empower us to deliver ourselves your manhood is not supposed to be the reason why you are able to still stand in childishness, it should be the grace to walk out of childish things. So you see a lot of believers say, oh, you're a pastor and you're sleeping with a woman that is not your wife. But do you know the grace of God at work? Come on, shut up. The grace of God at work in your life is not an authorization for you to do wrong. It should humble your heart to repentance and change. And so we make that mistake too often. And so because we have grown in an aspect and we have grown in the Lord and we have now become men, we now validate our childishness and our weaknesses. You're setting yourself up because it's harder to train up a man. It's easier to train a child. The longer you stay with childishness, the harder it will be for you to break out of it. Because nobody can train a man. Nobody. He says when I was a child different things he said I spoke like a child so one of the evidence or one of the places in which you measure growth is in words what does the person say is it still easy for profane things to come out of your mouth is it still easy for insults and lies to proceed out of your mouth when you pray, do you used to say, God, I thank you, I glorify you, I magnify you? Do you still pray like your pastor? Or do you still pray like, you know, the way you prayed 10 years ago? Or has your utterance changed? One of the first evidence of growth is in your words. You cannot hide growth. You can't keep it away from your words. When you've truly grown, people hear it. People can tell when a process has happened inside of you. Do you used to complain a lot? Constantly talking, I just, I just don't know. I don't, if I go really, ah, man, things are really hard. Uh-uh. That's childishness. It says, I spoke like a child. It says, I understood like a child. 
one of the ways you test whether someone has grown or not is throw the same question back at them every year if they keep giving you the same response that person is not growing because something should happen to your understanding you should be able to go from one level of glory to the next and glory is not a cloud it's not a smoke glory is the presence of god the manifest presence of god you should be able to go into levels of being able to describe the manifestation of god regarding that matter he says i understood like a child he said and i thought like a child he says but when i became a man that means the way i spoke changed from the first day you married your wife come on stop behaving like a fool 12 years later stop behaving like a fool Haba. from the day you married your husband look 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 please this is not what i'm leaving 12 years later you are still leaving be that person that means you haven't allowed yourself to grow you see growth is honorable growth is honorable it's dignifying when you see a person actually you know moving and ascending in understanding in thought in mindset it brings honor on you people will just respect you automatically you know i have gone to places where the person knows and I know that they are older than me with like 30 years and they're like ah, Pastor Isi, you're welcome ah, pastor, ah, pastor. and I know it's not because I'm a pastor because there are many pastors who are not honored they go, I can pass you but you see what's the difference between this person last year seeing me and saying, hello, how are you and this year seeing me and saying, ah, Pastor Isi because somewhere in some occasion on some phone call, in some meeting out of my mouth came the wisdom of God Growth brings honor to your life. Growth takes you beyond the principles of age, time, space, gender. Growth breaks all of those boundaries. And it causes people to see the true essence of God flowing out of your spirit. You have to grow. You need to allow yourself to go through transformation. Growth is that process of increasing in size. Increasing getting thicker, broadening, extending. You know, there are different ways I grow. But you see, one of the ways I grow every day is through the word of God. And I'm not saying I don't grow in how many more scriptures I know. I grow in how much I allow scriptures change me per time. So if I say, they say the righteous will flourish like a palm tree, they will grow like the cedars in Lebanon. My God. I can't remember the last time that I allowed myself be challenged. I can't, Lord. Father, you said that the righteous have to grow. I need your word to come inside of me and to, you know, to find out the deep and secret parts of my life. The things that I am holding on to, the things that, you know, I am fighting for, that I believe are the things that give me value and give me a voice and give me a position. Father, come and challenge them. Because I'm not yet like Jesus. But I know that I am the righteousness of Christ. So I want to be like him. I want to go through transformation. I want to go to increasing in power, in knowledge, in revelation. So come and challenge me, Lord. This is how I allow scripture sit inside of me. I take it boldly and I put it in there and allow it become a light in my soul. And everything that the scripture highlights, I write it down. And I say, Father, this is still a process. I'm dealing with this, Lord. You need to help me. 
in order for you to grow you need not to be ashamed in order for you to grow you need to allow yourself be vulnerable in order for you to grow you need to allow some deficiencies in you to be heightened and alighted by the Lord because when you stay within the counsel of God you are safe when you stay within the parameters of the Holy Spirit you are safe and so even though you haven't come up to the fullness of what you are beholding but somehow there is comfort in the process of being transformed into what you are beholding many times we want to grow by force and by our strength that is why we don't grow many times we put our growth process out there before it's completed and then we get discouraged and we fall back down why you tell your husband ah, you haven't noticed that i'm changing see this is the reason why i don't want to change because every time i'm in the process of changing you don't even notice the little little things what's his business if i had to walk into this room and tell you i'm a woman then i'm not a woman if i had to explain to you that can't you perceive my womanhood then i'm uh, something is wrong with me Many times we are stagnated in our growth processes because we put it out there too quickly. We want to tell the public, we want to be commended, but you see, true growth has nothing to do with the commendation of men. Absolutely nothing. As a matter of fact, that is the first principle of growth. Grow for yourself. Don't do it because of anybody else. If you are still growing and looking to people to notice, then there is something wrong with your foundation. That is the first growth. You grow out of the impression of people. You grow out of the opinions of men. You grow out of it. You see, a couple of days ago, someone told me something and said, you know, we're just talking. And the person said, oh, P.I., um, this was a friend I haven't seen in years. And then I finally see the person. We're just gisting, catching up and all of that. And then the person refers to something that happened three years ago. And the person says, you know, Pia, I heard that this is this about you. And I heard that this. And I heard that that. And I heard that. And I was like, what? Ha, ha, is that Pia, my friend? Ha, I mean, Pia, the things I heard were really nasty and terrible stuff about you. Do you know, in that instance, something inside of me shrunk, Pastor Moses. It was almost as though I was relieving three years back. No emotion changed. The same fear, the same shame, the same confusion, the same anger, everything hit me wham at once. And in that instance, I actually saw myself pack my suitcase. I'm not joking. In, in fact, in 30 seconds, all these things happened. I packed my suitcase and I carried myself and I saw myself telling Linda, Linda, I leave people of influence in your hands. I believe God has raised you for such a time as this. You know, I saw, I, I'm not, I saw myself relocate. Canada citizenship just walked out, you know, and I just, and, and, and I just saw myself say, you see, God, this is why I told you that time to allow me go. Because it never ends, Lord. You know, in an instance, every plan and agenda or stupidity that I had three years ago, bam, hit me. And I thought, how is that even possible? But you know, I found out something, Pimo. I had a choice. I could have allowed myself to be dragged back in to what I have grown away from. Or I had a choice to move past it and increase exponentially. Do you know I found out that in the spirit there is always the potential to revisit your vomit. It is always so when you grow, your security is not in the fact that you have grown, but your security is in the fact that after you have grown, you have chosen not to go back to that which you have left. If you read through your Bible, you will see them keep warning us again. Do not return to that which you have been delivered from. How have
have you allowed yourself be bewitched and the captivity you have been delivered from you have fallen into the same captivity because in the realm of the spirit it is possible very possible in an instant in time everything we played as though it was right now and you know immediately I told myself I know the process I have been through my process is real it's real it wasn't bestowed on me I went through it I allowed myself stay in process and I allowed myself acknowledge the places where I was wrong and allow myself forgive in the areas where I wasn't wrong but then I was lied on so I went through the process I took years it was tangible and I said Isi no you will not allow lie to steal from you the labor of your spirit for three years it's always a choice and you know the moment I did that something happened to me for the first time I looked the person in the eye and I said all of the things you have said are all lies I said but I'm going to tell you one thing that is true though I'm a hard woman I say, yeah, PR is hard. I say, I laugh, I play, I joke. But if you get close to me, you find I don't joke with work. When it comes to work, I don't kid around. I will tell you to your face because I believe in integrity of service. Give your best to whatever you're doing. I say, so if you hear that part of me, it's very true. I say, but every other thing is a lie. And for the first time in my life, I wasn't trying to meet up with anybody's expectation of my character. For the first time, I owned up to the fact that, you know what? when it comes to work I'm, I'm very intense very before then I'll be trying to prove and say you know no you don't because sometimes you see people could no so I told her I said so if you ever meet anybody that talks about me tell them that you can, she can play with you but let them think two three four times if they ever want to work closely with me because these are my values very simple <laughs> I found out that the growth that happened to me in that moment was my ability to own up to my person. Before then, I couldn't do it. Because of so many battles, I used to always try to, you know. And see, you cannot grow if you don't have a focus. You cannot grow if you are not stable in intention. If you don't know who you are and where you want to be, there's no growth that can ever happen. Yeah. So for the first time, I realized that what the Lord did with that statement was he allowed me to own it. Own my process, own my journey, and own my person. Arise, shine, for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. There is always the potential to grow. But the question is, you are growing in what direction? Do you know you can grow in darkness? <laughs> you can grow in either light or darkness. When believers backslide, it did not happen in one day. They kept growing momentarily in the direction of darkness. You decide, your decisions change. You wake up in the morning, instead of reading your Bible, you go to Instagram. You go through the day, instead of playing your worship, your sweet song, or playing the sermon from last week's Sunday in the car, you choose to just put FM. Come on. And you pretend to yourself, but you know, it's not really bad. It's just melody. You understand? Before you know what's happening, when you're coming back from work, you will just remember that I used to like fella in those days. It's not really bad. 
Joseph, before you know what's happening, the next day, after one week, you don't feel like listening. When you hear Steffi Gressenger, I go say, hear the name Steph Gressenger. Before you know what's happening, you don't want to listen to worship again. But you are still coming to church. When they say, lift up your mind, no content, but voice. But do you know what's happening? The next thing, what you were playing in your car, you want to hear it on loudspeaker. You're not be thinking, yeah, this club serve is like, they know they get customer again. Let me just help. <laughs> and that man used to be my friend. When I not say Pimu, I saw you at Quillogs. You not say, yeah, P.I., you know, the kingdom of God goes to dark places. If we don't go there, how will they come to Ecclesia Hills? Yeah. Uh-huh. How not be simple people is like, what's happening? They small, small. From you that used to cover chest, who will not see small. Hey, hmm. They went on and said, uh-uh, sis. Why is, I see your heart towards God. Why? It should be evident to the Lord only. But why can men see your heart? You're not saying, look, it's a matter of choice, P.I. Just because you like boo-boo doesn't mean heavy. But I'm not always, don't, I didn't say you should wear boo-boo, but please. Small, small. Then one day you now wake up and say, you know, I'm tired of the church. They're too judgmental. They don't, you know, nobody understands and You know what the Bible calls the devil? Number one, he's old. What be your mate with a follow play? Just a small people follow old man play Ludo. If they let you win, just know that because they like you. It won't help your self-esteem. Not be our mate. Because you see, the mistake a lot of us make is that we underestimate Satan. He's a defeated fool. Was it you that defeated him? You defeated him in Christ. So if you want to keep defeating him, rise up into the stature of Christ. That's how you keep him under your foot. Not by staying in your own principles and your own value and then you are a petty rascal which you just speak the victory of Christ but you never come into the journey of the victory. We underestimate him. And so once again, remember how I started chest. So you've been in church for 12 years. Everybody thinks you are a man. Nobody is telling you. In fact, we are too afraid to believe you are backsliding. Nobody tells you. The Holy Spirit used to tell you before. Every time you sit down and you choose Netflix over Bill Johnson on YouTube and I'm talking to myself. The Holy Spirit will tell you, don't and you're like but it's not a bad series actually I can learn a lot from medieval movies you understand are you not the god of old uh -huh. he would talk he would talk he would talk but you cannot his spirit will not continue to strive with mine. You can quench him, but you know before you quench him, you grieve him. 
Many times when you grieve him over and over and over again, he keeps quiet and says absolutely nothing. And before you know what's happening, your conscience is dead. And then you don't grow anymore. And you see, one of the signs that you have stopped growing in a particular area of your life or generally as a believer is that you get overly defensive. You become a very defensive person. Because Pastor Mo is like, Zena, have you been praying? Pastor Mo, I, I don't understand. Why are you asking me this question? Do I look like I'm not praying? No, but no, but Zena, I just think you should join my prayer meeting. No, look. I like to pray alone. And I don't think I want to. Why are you, sister? Two years ago, if they told you, Zena, do you want to join my prayer meeting? <gasps> prayer, yes! You never would have thought like a child. You never would have imagined that what he's trying to say is that you're not praying but because you're not praying that's why you think he's saying you're not praying so you get overly defensive one of the signs but you see if a, a truly grown person is able to accommodate counsel a person that has truly grown you don't have any you're not trying to be anything or make a name for yourself we're going to open to one scripture Ephesians 4 Ephesians 4 verse 7 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he says, when he, sorry, before I read this quickly, I just want to say something to you. Um, the growth that God calls us into is not just spiritual as we know it. God is calling us to prosper on every dimension of our humanity. So it's calling you to increase in your spirit, calling you to increase in your soul, and calling you to increase in your body. In all three realms, the Lord wants us to grow. And I found out that a lot of people grow in the physical, but they don't grow in their souls. And so you are spiritual, you have increased um, in the knowledge of the world, and you have increased in the knowledge of spiritual things, in the service to God, and in ministry, but you are still so weak emotionally, you are still so fragmented in your soul you are still taken by the things that used to take you 10 years ago you still have um, the scent of brokenness in you and around you but the truth is true spirituality should create a path between the riches that you receive in Christ when you get born again your spirituality should create a path between that riches and create a path into your soul what your spirit growth is meant to do is to go and take the spoils that Christ won and transfer it into your soul realm because in as much as you are a spirit you are a spirit that lives in the body and you live in the realm where they call living souls and so even if you like prosper in your spirit and do not prosper in the realm of living soul you are never truly prospering in the eyes of men you may die and get to heaven but on this earth you will still suffer many pain and many shame because you never took the time to prosper in the realm of living soul because you are a soul whether you like it or not and the soul speaks about personality speaks about attitude speaks about desires appetites emotions it speaks about everything that defines you and so when they say tell me about xyz i'm not going to begin to tell you about the realms that he walks in in the realm of the spirit i'm not going to begin to tell you about the prayer altar that he has i will describe the personality of the person i will describe the person person's needs and wants and likes and so when god begins to activate your spirit the end product of the activation in your spirit is the prosperity of your soul and so the reason why you have many believers who are spiritually alive but in the physical they are dead and going through troubles their homes are breaking up they are losing work opportunities and they are 
losing money by the second is because they have not been able to get a grasp on their soul. And so many times when we preach and we do not teach people how to convert spirituality into bandage for the soul, what we do is that we raise up people who are vibrant in the congregation of the saints, but when they stand alone in the world, they are confused and open and they realize they are naked. So what your spirituality should do to you at the point of your growth is that it makes you fully aware of your person. So growth in Christ is not becoming completely ignorant to who you are and just open to who God is. As a matter of fact, the knowledge of God should awaken identity inside of you. It should cause you to know you more and know you better. And so as I grew in the Lord, I found out, in fact, the biggest battles the Lord fought with me last year and this year were battles for my soul. And I didn't even know that a place like that was real. I knew that they would say, man is a spirit that lives in a body and has a soul. But it never sat in my mind what the Lord was talking about until I began to display things that I had been displaying before. But this time, the Holy Spirit would not let those attitudes go. And he would stand on it and say, no, easy. And then I would fall on my knees and say, God, forgive me. Father, I don't want to do it again. My God, you need to help me. And the Lord stood there and he says, no, we're not going to repent and get away with it anymore something has to change we need to change our prayer plan and turn it into prayer strategies for transformation of personality and I was like Lord what are you talking about and he began to say don't just ask me to forgive you don't just ask me to help you you begin to and you need to ask me why am I the way I am what is the root of my fear what is the root of my attitude what is the root of my trouble and I began to sit down and put pen to paper and it became a spiritual intellectual um, session with the Lord where he began to explain to me the configuration of my entire being and he began to show me verses like the one that David said in my mother's womb I was conceived in iniquity and he began to show me how everyone that comes through the passage of the womb carries the iniquity of the father and the mother and he began to show me how I had attitudes and attributes of where I had come from and even though like Jeremiah I had a great destiny in my spirit but my soul was struggling and he said to me, Isi, if you don't take the time to deal with it, your greatest undoing will be your soul, not your spirit. No one will be able to fault your spirituality, but they will fault your personality. He says, we have gone on this journey of growing spirit for long. Can we go on the journey of growing soul? He says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. I wish above your pastoral office. I wish above the conferences that you do. I wish above your service. I wish above your offering. I wish above your tongues that your soul should prosper. Because I did not create a pastor. I created a living soul. I did not create a mother in Israel. I created a living soul. He says, so can we go past all the salvation strategies that had to be applied to redeem man and go back to the very beginning when he put the spirit in the body man became a living soul when we talk about growth don't just think about prayer meetings think about wholeness all around wholeness and awareness you are able to get a grasp on your spirit, your soul, your mind, and everything around you. 
You are able to speak to your body, feed yourself the right things because you are seeking for a prosperity in an invisible realm. Do you know I found out that the moment I became so conscious of the seat of my personality, something changed in my spirituality. It's funny. I became more powerful. I became more powerful the moment I gained control of myself. The moment I began to understand oh oh wow so it was because of this thing that happened in the second year of my marriage that's why six years after that i am still xyz and i had to start revisiting a lot of things the moment i started getting aware of who i was and who i should become and i stopped hiding under the shadow and under the veil of tongues and songs and you know rolling on the floor in prayer i got out from under that veil and I stood as I was. I went back to the very thing that happened to Adam and Eve. They chose to cover their nakedness. And I said, Lord, I will not cover mine. I am naked. Show me, God, how to get back under the covering of your glory. Show me, Lord. And as I went through that process, what did not seem spiritual, something began to happen to me. My prayer changed. My understanding changed. I'm telling you, God wants you to be whole. God doesn't want you to be a yo-yo. What is the meaning of mood swing? What does that mean? You should not be tossed to and fro. You should have stability. People should not have to wonder how you will answer the call when they want to call you. People should not have to wonder or be careful around you. There must be, there must be some kind of stability about your person many people have lost opportunities and relationships because they stood on the ground of their brokenness and said this is who I am never that is not who you are no believer can be finitely defined no believer why because we have opportunity in Christ yes this is not who I am Next year, I am getting better. Yes, tomorrow I will be better. My patience would have increased. My kindness would have increased. My tolerance for stupidity would have increased. That's not who I am. Allow your person to grow. Get nicer. Get kinder. Take the gift of the Spirit of God within you to transform yourself. Not many people can do it you can by God you can by God finally Ephesians 4 from verse 7 but unto every one of us is giving grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ wherefore he said when he ascended on high he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men now that he ascended what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens, that he may feel all things. That means irrespective of the realm where your troubles or your issues or your confusion, your constraint is coming from, Christ has got victory in that realm. He says, and he gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And so everybody is gifted in a measure of the fivefold ministry. It is not 
just for us standing in front here all of us are gifted with a measure of the gift from Christ I don't care who you think you are you may be an MD of some kind of technology company but I'm telling you you have a grace from heaven you just need to find how to appropriate that grace into the path of the earth that you find yourself and so you may be an MD in a technology company but I'm telling you you have the grace of an apostle an apostle is not just a man that teaches and preaches but apostle is a man that is able to bring the doctrine of heaven part time and doctrine is not just what the bible says but doctrine is the written code of God that is engraved into every generation of the earth doctrine in technology doctrine in marketplace doctrine in business there is a set way that God would have us do things as people who are on the earth part time and you are an apostle you are meant to bring the direction you are meant to bring the code of conduct you are meant to pull down the culture of heaven into that industry he says when Jesus ascended he gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be able to say here is the new wave upon the earth here is what the Lord is saying God will have us shift from mobile phones and he will have us shift into some kind of technology where you only put it on your ears you are a prophet declaring what the Lord's will is per time it says, and for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the work of serving God's people. God's people is not the church. He loves the righteous and the unrighteous. He says, for the edifying of the church, which is the body of Christ. So those are two different things. He says, till we all come into the unity of the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God, to become a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait in deceit. God is calling us to rise up from childishness. God is calling us into the manhood that is seen not in how much we have acquired or how many cars and houses we have or how many things we have achieved in the physical but God is calling us into the place where we find our honor in how much we have reason in the nature of Jesus. This is the true growth. That each day you keep your eyes on Christ. And you say, Father, I know that I have a choice, but I choose you. I know that I have power to turn stone into bread, but I choose not to. I choose not to. I am waiting for your proceeding word. I am waiting, oh God, for your instruction for every second. I choose to exercise my right to submit to you, Lord. He said, if you don't know how to do this, you are still a child. Every time you don't choose Christ, what happens to you is that the wind of current doctrines, they toss you around. You would not have stability. You would not have grounding. There is always a wind blowing. Every time he speaks about wind, he speaks about doctrine. And every generation is moved by a wind. There is a strong wind of the prophetic blowing right now. There is always a wind. And so God spoke to Isaiah. He says, Isaiah, prophesy to these bones. Now they have flesh, now they have sinus, but they don't have wind. They don't have spirit. They don't have doctrine. They don't have a direction. They don't have anything moving them. For you to grow, 
you need to embrace the wind of the Holy Spirit. For you to grow, you need to embrace the doctrines of the faith. I always say this. Is the word of God the final government over your life? Is it? Is it your pain that is your final government? Is it your pride that is your final government? Is it your intellectualism that is your final government? Is it your position and your money that is your final government? Many of us claim that it is Christ. But when it comes to the end of making a decision, it is always something else for us. Until Christ becomes your final government, your growth would always be fluctuating. But if every day you arise and say, Jesus, I choose you, it wouldn't be in a condemning, painful way that you will grow. But it would be in a loving, adventurous way. You will always be like a child. You would always wake up desiring new heights in Christ. The hardest people for a pastor to pastor are people who have no desire to grow. They are so hard to pastor. I'm telling you, and you see, as a pastor, Pastor Mo, sometimes I've had to let go because I found out that the longer you try to convince people, even you will not know where you will not grow again because at some point you want to keep the peace. So you just like, okay, you know, let's just all sit here. So that everything is okay. You don't you don't like Ezekiel. We won't preach about Ezekiel. It's okay. God forbid. Because when we stand in judgment, you stand on your own, I will stand on my own. As a matter of fact, where you go, they FIFA for where me I day. It's true. Uh, I'm telling you, we'll be far. So let me take responsibility for the responsibility heaven has given me. Your own is to grow. My own is to make sure that I'm providing the food as the shepherd. If you don't want the food, go Iaebo. They too, they are selling. It's the truth. Father, I have just one life to live. Only one life to live. My yesterday has gone. I can never get it back. And I'm sorry for the wrong choices I made yesterday. I'm sorry, Lord. But can we embrace today and the future together? Can we embrace my future together, Lord? I'm not okay with being called PI of the Most High. I'm not okay, Lord. I want more. want more make that prayer to God yesterday is completely gone we've made mistakes we've hurt people we've hurt ourselves we have failed in many ways but father give us the grace to embrace truth give us the strength to be transformed us humility Lord to place you above ourselves Father allow my head to correct don't look at me 
and let me sit in my foolishness, God. Be merciful towards me. Fight me if you must. Bring me to my knees if you must. But don't let me lose my inheritance. Don't let me be like Esau. Don't let me trade a great destiny for porridge. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom, Lord. Show me, Father, the value of growth. That I may know your will, O God. That the knowledge of your will, O God, will be more enticing to me than the desire to glorify myself. Come on, make that prayer to the Lord. Because at the end of the day, you can't grow yourself. Only God can grow you. Only the Lord can pull you out of the shackles of culture. Out of the shackles of norms. Only God can show you that this thing you've been doing for 37 years has been a lie. Only God can show you that you have been in the enslavement of your father's mistakes. Only God. You need the Lord to help you to push the boundaries of your life. Oh. Allow the Holy Spirit to break ancient chains. Allow the Holy Spirit to carve out a new destiny for you. Allow the Holy Spirit to paint a fresh picture of your life and to cause you to be the Abraham of your family. Come out of your father's land. Come out of your mother's land. Come out and create a space for yourself. Come out and embrace destiny for yourself. Come out of your excuses. Come out of your shame. Come out. There is yet opportunity in God. There is yet salvation in the Lord. Come out. Oh, la bareka hina no sida bahai. Ide kafasule de bredi karara nushiara havadi. It doesn't matter if you end up like Jacob after Peniel. As a matter of fact, the conversions that make us greater often leave us with a limp. The conversions that make us greater often leave us leaning on the scepter of God. They take away your ability to be crafty. It takes away your ability to be cunning. It takes Jacob out of you, but it releases Israel from you. Come on. Do you have courage? Press for more. You're not doing it because of your friends. You're not doing it because of your wife. You're not doing it because of anybody. Humans are not enough to inspire change. Only God is. Raise the bar. Change your vision. Do it for the Lord. Do it for the Lord.